You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Drive to deep center field. Going back, Hernandez at the track, right to the wall. Gone! Elvis Andrews! And 29 other MLB clubs. High drive, deep left field. Guerrero lifts one to left field and gone. Oh, Tani, that was a moonshot out there in the right center. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to A's Cast Live as the Athletics continue to be on the road, and they're taking on the New York Yankees, and we've got so much to talk about today about what's going on in the world of baseball. It is unbelievable, the action, as we are almost in July. Hard to believe, almost in July, and man. The way things are going for the athletics, maybe, just maybe, the turnaround will happen and the A's will start winning some games, Uh, that being in Kansas City and now in New York, where a lot of things have been happening in the Bronx. I I got a show sheet here by Cody that makes you think that the whole show should be just Yankee pregame, which I am not going to do. Paul Hembikides from ESPN is going to be here at 2 o'clock, and Matt Kawahara from the San Francisco Chronicle will be here at 2.30. I do want to start the show with, you know how your coworkers feel about you with when you see what they bring you. And for me today, as Cody came back from the great state of Texas and going to the Texas Rangers games, he brought me... I'm a big sparkling water guy. I drink a lot of sparkling water. Thank you, Rob Friedman, and my pitching ninja mug that I drink my sparkling water out of. Cody brought me a can of liquid death. Sparkling water straight from the Alps. Liquid I'll get it in both cameras here. Liquid death. Why in the hell would you bring me a can that's got a skull on it, a guy dying, and a product that's called liquid death? That was left in my apartment last night. Uh, Okay, so you didn't even purchase this. This is a leftover drink. Of liquid death. No, there's a whole case of it still sitting in my apartment. Like, I think he, my friend, uh, or our mutual friend, Alex Scott, had, I think, two of them last night. And that was it. He left the whole case of, like, 12 there. So, and I was like, well, you like sparkling water. I figured I'd bring it over for you to try. Because I don't drink sparkling water. See, I don't care. Like, everything you get from the Alps is supposed to be the Swiss Alps, and it's healthy, and it's good for you. And, you know, you're, you're in Europe and Eastern Europe. And 
This recyclable can of stone-cold sparkling water came straight from the Alps to murder your thirst. (laughs) Thanks. Hey, hey, you know what? Texas, he could have brought me ribs. He could have brought me brisket. Could have brought me, I don't know, maybe some barbecue rub for my smoker. No, I get a can of liquid death. You know what I got in Texas besides a great wedding story to tell. Oh, oh no, yeah, yeah. L- listen to the cool thing he got, and then look what I got. I went to the Rangers-Nationals game on Saturday. Uh, and what'd Ra- you get me? Rangers had a walk-off. What'd you get me? Well, I didn't get anything either. It was just, I got a gift for free by having tickets for the so game. So you walked around the ballpark, all this stuff. Their team shop was weird. That you could have got me. Like, you could have got me, like, a... I got a little mini helmet you can have. A Juan Gonzalez jersey. <laughs> I looked for Nolan Ryan. I couldn't find it. A piece of pizza from Pudge's at Texas Live right yeah. next door. You could have got me a pizza. But you could have got me something from Troy Aikman's place. All the different spots in, in the Lone Star State. And I get this. Show them what you got. Uh, as, a, as someone that had tickets for the game, uh, my wife and I and every fan in attendance, they're, they're giving away five different ones of these year because it's the 50th anniversary of the Rangers in Texas. Before they yeah. were the Senators. Uh, and they gave us a Nolan Ryan bobblehead. Oh, my guy. Put Nolan up there. Nolan Ryan, I, I, I think we can say, as an all-time great, there's no one that hates Nolan Ryan. Maybe Robin Ventura. That's about it. No, Robin Ventura, is, it's like he, he knew he had to go out. Can I put the can up? Oh, wait. Liquid Death can make actually this. Got the great white shark and the can of liquid death. Uh, before I get to the wedding story, my friends texted me this earlier. I don't know if you saw it. Apparently, there was a shark attack in Pacific Grove last week. I know you're big on sharks, and it's almost Shark Week. I know, but last week apparently there was a shark attack, and the, by the my friend said, "What from kind the, of shark?" They he didn't say, but he said that from the the, uh, the bite sides radius, of the, bite, the bites, they think it was a twenty foot shark. That'd be a great white shark, folks. It's something I learned watching Shark Week. If you do not know, basically you've got the Farallon Islands outside San Francisco all the way down Santa Cruz and all the way to Monterey and then all the way out to Hawaii, and they just circle. They just circle. And wherever there's sea lions, there's great white sharks. Even... And you can see it, and you can still find it. Google Great White Shark Alcatraz. ABC had this thing. I remember you telling this story before. You can find it. It's one of the boats from Alcatraz. They pull up there. If you've never been to Alcatraz, go. It's awesome. Uh, And you realize, well, what a miserable existence that was to be on that island. The Rock. It's the boat pulls up. It's got just the camera sitting there, and people are getting off. And all of a sudden, what we thought only happened in Australia, that great white sharks breach, which means they come out of the water to get their prey and then go and then slam back down. People had only had ever seen that in Australia. And it's called, you can see the documentary called Air Jaws. Well, happened in San Francisco Bay, not on the outside of the Golden Gate Bridge, but on the inside of the Golden Gate Bridge, all caught on camera. It was on ABC7, 
done by our great friend Casey Pratt. No, he didn't do it. But Casey Pratt uh, over at ABC7. And you see the shark comes up, great white, gets the sea lion, comes back down, and then just the pool of blood. And then a couple weeks later, they had the the Alcatraz swim. Hey, let's jump in the water. And this was on the other side. So Alcatraz is in San Francisco Bay. It was on the side other than the Golden Gate. So this didn't happen outside the Golden Gate. Ooh, look out. Don't hit that jersey. That jersey falls, everything... If you've noticed in my Comcast hits lately, this has not been up. We've had some issues. It's like a domino effect. If you knock one down, they all fall. They all start falling. It's like Murphy's it is a very brittle, brittle studio here. The A's cast. Do you, want, do, you want, do you want to hear the wedding story? Real quick? I, I want to talk some baseball uh, before the, we get yeah. into your wedding story. Can we can we hit that a little bit later? Sure, we'll have time. All right. So since it's the Yankees and you want to make this Yankees talk, the Yankees had a very interesting weekend. Where the Yankees, on Thursday, they got the walk-off hit by Aaron Judge. Second and first. Questions there with third base open, whether to pitch to him. Dusty Baker got ripped for that. The next night, our old friend Justin Verlander was, um, wait for it, dealing. I didn't get to watch the game, but what I like to do is go back to MLB and they'll give you the highlight package. Verlander had, had the high fastball rolling. And when he's got the high fast, when he's got that high because of how tall he is and his release point, when he's throwing the high fastball and you can't catch up to that, because that 95-96 has to feel like 100. And it's on you. Everything else is working after that. And Yankees couldn't touch him. Next day, Saturday, the most overrated thing. We might have to, next time we have Vince Catronio on, have the debate. What's the most overrated thing, the cycle or the combined no-hitter? That's a, that's a fair question. That could be a green and gold history. Most overrated accomplishments in baseball. I've just come up with that because I think the cycle is pretty cool. It's unique. It doesn't happen all the time. doesn't happen. Now, some guys have, you know, kind of not gone for third so they could have the double, and that's Vince's, I think, Vince Vince's issue. But the combined no-hitter is basically a shutout. That's all it is. The significance means nothing to me that three, four, five guys all got on the mound and not one of them gave up a hit. Ah, okay, cool, but I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's a complete game shutout. Uh, well. How do you feel about that? Um, I don't disagree with you. I just disagree with how you label that. It's a shutout. You don't need to say complete game. If you I can say complete. And you know what? For all you people, well, you can't say it's a grand slam homer. I said it. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> You're going to do nothing. Well, isn't a grand slam always a homer? Shut up. You know, my also one of my favorites is? <laughs> it's one of my favorites. It's a clubhouse, not a locker room. You know how many guys call it a locker room? Uh, a lot. A lot. And by the way, anybody who has a problem when they say it's a clubhouse, not a locker room, none of them have ever played a thing in their lives. But the guys who actually play and get paid to play call it a locker room, too. So, eh. I just text Feldman, by the way, to see if he was up to doing that most overrated baseball accomplishments. So, we'll see. So, the Yankees lead the majors in comebacks, 22. Walk-off wins, 10, as they had two out of the two out of – oh, and I, I forgot to tell you, yesterday, the walk-off by Aaron Judge, the walk-off Jack, in extra innings. He's having a nice year. Yankees have won nine of their last 13, all against the Rays, Blue Jays, and Astros. Well, guess what? 
You haven't played the A's yet. I want you to mark the tape. We don't use tape. It's an old expression. It's back when you were using reel-to-reel. Yeah, some of us do remember reel-to-reel. When I started at KMBR years ago in the 90s, it was still reel-to-reel. We weren't using computers. But I want you to mark the tape. What is the date today? The 27th? Correct. One twelve Pacific Standard Time, one twelve p.m., June 27th. Mark this and remember what I told you. The Yankees will not win the World Series. I had a feeling you were going there. The Yankees, and remember the dramatic pause. The Yankees will not win the World Series. I'm saying this on June 27th at 1.12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Got to let it breathe. You could have sold it even more with doing the Palmero point. They're not going to win the World Series. Well, the period. Fact, the fact that you'll go back and find this on video, I'm not banking on the audio. I, I do know you will have. They're not. And why? Why hot shot? You can say that to me. Why hot? Why hot shot? Well, why, why aren't they, they winning win? the World Series? They, they're fifty-three. I and have 20. to do it for him. They're nineteen and You're four my and right hand man. You're supposed to set me up. But right now in June, I'll give here. I'll give you why I think they, they in June right now they are nineteen and five. They have an eleven-game lead over the Red Sox. The Red Sox are nineteen and four in June, and they picked up a half game in the standings. That has nothing to do with my point. I'm just saying the, the Yankees are playing really well. People are going to say they can win 120 games this year. But, but that's, that's, that's doesn't mean anything. Last team did that, won 116 games. Uh, well, didn't make it out of the first round. Can I? Can I? I did all that dramatic stuff for you to talk to me about Boston. Well, I was just telling you about how how well the Yankees are playing. But my whole point is, you jump the lead. Why will the Yankees not win the World Series? Why I'm guaranteeing? Why? I need, I want to know. I'm curious. Why am I guaranteeing they won't win the World Series? Oh wow, going Joe Namath. Broadway Joe in my it was Miami, right? Broadway Joe at the Orange Bowl in Miami, <laughs> sitting by the pool without a shirt on and swim trunks. I guarantee the Yankees won't win the World Series. It's this this simple. One line. All I need is one line to be smarter than all those Yankee hacks. Everybody at the MLB Network, everybody at Newsday, Times, Post, all those Yankee honks. I'm telling you. One line will tell you why they won't win the World Series. What's the line? The Yankees lead the majors this season with 52.6% of their runs coming via the home run. 193 of their 367 runs have come from the home run. More than half of their runs scored are generated by home runs. That's how they score. That's who they are. That's who they've been now for a long, long time. That's not who they were in 1998 when they were the best baseball team that we have seen in modern-day baseball. I don't need any data. We could go back and look, but I don't need any data to tell me that there was anybody better than the Yankees when it comes to offense, defense, Defense counts pitching, defense counts bullpen, defense counts your gloves. You look at all of it as a complete team, that Yankee team is the most dominant team we have seen, and they proved it from start to finish.
They won, what, 114 games that year, I think? Whatever. I don't know. Don't care. They beat the Padres in the World Series. Doesn't matter matter who they played. They mauled everybody. They were the best modern-day baseball team, complete baseball team. They had it all. But they beat you in a ton of different ways. This Yankees team relies so much on the home run, there will be a series in the postseason because they will be in the postseason. There will be a series where they don't hit home runs. And when they don't hit home runs, they lose. They went how many innings this weekend? 16 innings without a hit or something like that? Yeah, 16, I believe. 16 innings without a hit? When you are all or nothing, David Force said it on this show, and you saw it with your A's in the postseason. Team goes far, ball goes far. Ball goes far, team goes far. When you rely on home runs and walks, good luck. You're not going to win. Because what happens in tournaments? A, you're going to have a team that does everything pretty good. Who would that be? Does everything pretty good? Uh, Usually the best team? No. Who's a team right now that does everything pretty good? The Yankees. No, they don't. They they score only when they... they Uh, Let's see. Team does everything... The Dodgers, maybe. Astros? Astros, yeah. I think the... Who they just played? Yeah, the Astros are pretty good. Who that... You had to have two walk-offs, two special things just to split a home series against them? Yeah. Not to make too much of a series in June, but who's knocked the Yankees out of the playoffs the past couple of years? The Astros. Why? Because they're good. They're good all around. These, thank you. Because they can beat you in multiple ways. Yeah, they don't need the home run. They don't have to beat you just with a home run. Although they are second in baseball, third in baseball sharing home runs. But in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. Did, 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 did they just go into Yankee Stadium and almost take three out of four and almost sweep the best team in baseball because of home runs? No, pitching. That that And that is why the Yankees will not win the World Series. Now, obviously, well, you know what? If I said that at the beginning of the year, okay. Uh, but now, where we are in the standings, by the way, MLB had a problems bringing up standings today. Where you are in the standings, there's only there's only X amount of teams. And my guy, Mad Dog, and for you young guys, it would be like, ah, he's the old guy in Sports Talk Radio. Mad Dog is so right, and something that I've harped on here too, boy, does baseball need a salary cap. And they just really – hurt themselves for the next five years by not having a salary cap. Salary cap makes everybody more viable. More viable. I mean, you just start looking at it. There's not one team within single digits of the Yankees. Have the Yankees played great? Yes. Red Sox have won seven in a row, as you mentioned, and they haven't gained. But anyway, but the, the, the reason why the Red Sox are 11 games back is they had a horrible start. Yeah, they were bad. They were really bad. But let's just start going down baseball. The Rangers are ten and a half back of the Astros. So the West, not a team in single digits. You go around a lot of baseball, and so in the West in the National League, San Diego two back, San Francisco six, six and a half. Everybody's out after that. You go to the Central, 
You got two teams, Milwaukee, St. Louis. Everybody else is done for the year. You go to the East. You got three. You, you got three teams. The other two done for the year. You got so many teams. You got four teams in the West that are done for the year in the American League. Our division, four teams out. We're not even in July. More than half of baseball is out before July. I like the idea of the salary cap, but I also like the idea of the floor. But that's what a salary cap can be. Yeah, if you put the floor in, I think that incentivizes teams to spend and try to win. I mean, a good example, they're playing well, well right now, but Baltimore's – Cody, what, what do you think an NFL – what do you think the NFL is? The NFL a team can't just go, we're not spending any money, and we're just taking all the TV money. You're yeah. not allowed to do that. Yeah. You have to spend money in the NFL. Look at the Rams. They, win, they spend money, and wait for it, they trade draft picks because they don't care. They want to win now. But you got to get to your point. Your point was a floor. In the NFL, you have to spend money. You cannot say in the NFL, I'm going to have a $20 million payroll, but yet we're getting a hundred and something million in television money. Can't do it. You have to spend money in the NFL. You have to. So that's what the cat, like the NBA. Is there a team that's spending $40 million in the NBA on salaries? I, without, without looking, I'd say no. No, because there's a salary cap. When you have a salary cap, yeah, we make you have to spend money, but we only allow you to spend so much money. So it makes everybody, you don't have a team spending 200 and something million against a team spending 50 because they would be put together because of a cap. Hockey has a salary cap too. so And it works. So if it works in the NFL, and by the way, I'm not going to consider Tampa and Colorado, basically Denver, two major markets. No, no, I was just going to say, Tampa Bay is considered a small market, but not in hockey. They're a powerhouse in hockey. But in baseball, the Rays are a small market team. The, bu- is, the Buccaneers is are. Is Denver considered a big market in baseball? Uh, no. Um, although Chris Bryant made it feel like they were when they spent all that money on him. So here you are in hockey. You've got, if you compared it to baseball, can you imagine if Tampa played Colorado in the World Series? Can you just imagine? They're one year apart from, like, they East played the World Series one year apart. And back Can in you the, imagine if they yeah. played each other, what the narrative would be? This is the, you know, maybe, just maybe, thinking out loud, we've solved baseball's problem. Because we've made baseball out to be, oh, it's a regional sport. If you're not in the Northeast or Southern California, no one's going to give a crap. You're like, wait a minute. Why in football, and what's the first thing they say about football? In re- Cowboys? They go, it's only one day a week. Oh, you're talking about teams to beat. My bad. They, they, it's only one day a week. Okay, basketball. Golden State Warriors were not even considered a market. They were irrelevant. No <laughs> one even knew. No one even knew what Golden State meant. Yeah. No, yeah. Perfect example, my wife, when she went to school, in, in, uh, she went to, to Dominican University, which is in like Santa, San, what's, um, Santa Barbara. It's not, San, it's not Santa Rosa, but it's like right up there. Um, North of here? San Rafael. In San Rafael, when she moved here, they went to a Warriors game. She goes, who the hell are the Golden State Warriors? My wife grew up in L.A. Yeah, and it's not like she grew up on the other side of the country. She grew up in Los Angeles. It's like all those years when the California Angels, people are like, oh, they're in California. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally, <laughs> if you went, if you if we went back in the time, we went go way back in the time machine and say 1965. Let's say 1965 to 1975. We went around the country and said, what town does the California Angels play in? Yeah, no one will know. Uh, I don't know. 
I mean, once in L.A., then in Anaheim. But if they, if you could, if you could take a, if you could take a map of California and you go around the country in the '70s and say, "Hey, where do they play?" How many people would know? I think the most common answer might be people would say they play probably played in Sacramento because they're the California Angels and they look at the know. capital. I mean, that's the first thing. I well, if I didn't know, if I didn't know about the Angels, I'd say Sacramento. So, how could the salary cap solve baseball's problems? Because now you make everybody more the same. So now the Cincinnati Bengals can be in the Super Bowl and no one says, ah, small market team, no one cares. The Bengals have Joe Burrow. They're a draw. They're getting ratings. No one can say Milwaukee, the Greek freak, is in Milwaukee. So Milwaukee is not considered a, oh, that's a small market. No one cares. Milwaukee can be in the NBA Finals and they get ratings. This this Stanley Cup and these playoffs are getting rated or getting getting ratings. New York Rangers weren't in the cup. You don't have to have somebody from a major market to get ratings. These salary cap sports are proving that. What does baseball fall back on? Oh my god, if Colorado played Tampa, it'd be oh my god, the ratings are going to be horrible, no one's going to watch it. Well, it's because of the way you've designed your sport. It's how you showcase your showcase your sport. It's how you sell your sport. If everybody had pretty much the same salaries and everybody was fishing off basically the same pier, problem is you've got a bunch of these different piers and everybody's fishing off different piers. Not good for the sport. What, what was it you texted me on Saturday? Uh, you texted me, hey, guess who's playing on movie network today? Yeah. It was, I mean, I was, I was, personally I was shocked that it wasn't Rangers uh, Nationals yeah. playing on movie network. I mean, to put the Astros, the Yankees on MLB Network, I mean, I don't understand it. Yeah, woke up Saturday morning getting ready for A's baseball. What time was my show? Uh, that Wasn't one. that an early game or was it yesterday yeah. early game? No, they're both. It was Both a, days. It was both. probably like 12-10. Saturday and Sunday. While you guys are all napping or walking your dog, I got to get ready for work. And to get up and do A's Total Access, brought to you by? Chevron. So I get up to do A's Total Access. Of course, what do I do in the morning? First thing I do every morning, boop, pop on MLB Network. What's on? We're getting you ready because coming up, it's Yankees and the Astros. I get it. Great matchup. I would do the same thing. But this is how you promote your sport. MLB Now. This is your signature data show. They lead every show with Yankee. Everything is Yankees, Yankees, Yankees. And when you do that, it hurts your sport. It really does. It, do you think the NFL Network, which ratings-wise dwarfs MLB Network, do you think everything they do is Giants-Jets? No, not at all. Why not? Because, uh, well. Why not? Well, how, how do you want to play Why them? am I even yelling? I don't know. But what, how do you want to play this? Because, well, one, they both stink. So that's one. Even when they're good. Is all they do the Giants no, and Jets? Well, no. Jets haven't been good in a while. Uh, I'm, like, for the NFL Network, they're a little different. I mean, they talk about a lot of different teams. Now, if you flip on ESPN, Cowboys, 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 Cowboys. Okay. All right, but that's not New York. I know. So, yeah, the, the, the Giants and Jets don't get any play. You're right. Like, But in baseball, Yankees, so, can, the Mets, can the Mets make it a two-team market? It is, is – and, and by the way, Tom Brady gone, it's not Patriots. Pa- Patriots earn the right to have the coverage. They earn that. Years ago, no one cared about the Patriots. They were kind of a California Angel type deal, right? Like right. the, you know, if you're not older, it used to be the Boston Patriots. But I mean, they don't play in Boston; they play in Foxborough, which is yeah. south of Boston. 
But they're the New England Patriots. You know, some people be like, New England? I don't know. They're somewhere in the Northeast. But I think you have to admit Tom Brady and the Patriots earned the right to have that great coverage. Yeah, they only won six Super Bowls. Is it seven or six? Oh, well, no, his yeah, seventh was, was Tampa, Tampa Bay. Yeah. yeah. They played in nine? Mm, yeah. He lost, what did he lose to the Eagles and the Giants twice? Yeah. Nine Super Bowls, seven rings. You, you, you earned that right. But now that Tom Brady's gone. Ten Super Bowls because he lost three. But he played nine with the Patriots, yes. Yeah. Ten overall, nine with the Patriots. We're talking about the Patriots. Oh, sorry. I was just thinking overall for him. Yes, nine. Because we're talking about the Patriots coverage. Yeah, so six and, six and nine. You're quick. All right, so they don't have that coverage anymore. Why? Tom Brady's gone. Look at the NFL Network. If the NFL Network was MLB Network, everything would be New York and Boston. All your coverage would be Giants, Jets, Patriots. That's yeah. all it would be. Guess what? MLB Network was dumb to put their studios in New Jersey. Smart would have been smart to put them in Southern California, like the NFL Network. The NFL Network gets far better ex-players. These ex-players don't live in the Northeast. None of them do. You got to fly them out. Look at all the guys that are able to get at NFL Network at yeah. whim. Yeah, look, one of the one of the, you go see. You got Michael Irvin. You got LT. Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer after Hall Kurt of Famer War- rolling through there. Kurt, Kurt Warner. Because a bunch of them live in Southern California. But you don't see them sitting in L.A., NFL Network, just going Giants, Jets, Giants, Jets, Patriots, Giants, Jets, Patriots, Giants, Jets. You don't. You don't at all. They cover it. I mean, hey, Niner fan. If I'm a Niner fan, I love NFL Network. You know why? Because NFL Network is constantly talking about my team. Why? Because the Niners have earned the right for that coverage. Niners have been one of the better football teams. They've been to a Super Bowl. They've been compelling. They've got a quarterback deal. They've got what you want when you're talking about coverage of a team. They've got the rival with the with the now Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. No, or if you're the Giants, you don't get any coverage from, essentially. That's why you're brilliant. Except when they play the Dodgers. That's where you're brilliant. Why do the 49ers who haven't won three World Series titles. Now, the 49ers couldn't win World Series titles because they don't play in Major League Baseball. But three championships, what, 10, 12, 14. Giants just won, what, 107 games? Six last games year, last year, what they uh, win? 107. They won 107 games last year. They get no coverage on MLB Network. It's like they don't even exist. Forget, I'm not even bringing up A's here. Giant fans, you should be pissed. You get no coverage. You won 107 games with friend of the program, Gabe Kapler. Yeah. Cappy's a friend of the program. Uh, the 107 games, although you bring goes back to your point real quick, goes back to your point about the Yankees. Uh, what did the Giants do really well last year? Win. They had a lot of home runs. They they had a lot of pinch hit home runs. Yeah, they were they were they were incredible with that last year. How far did they go in the playoffs? Uh, they lost to the Dodgers. In round one. I can say Kapler is a friend of the program more than just because he's the Giants manager and we are a show in the Bay Area. Yeah, plus, he's been on here. He's been on our program, and I used to have him for years on my talk show when he was a Fox Sports guy. Plus, you know, we have other friends, too. Andrew Bailey, Farhan. Oh, Farhan stiffed us at the winter meetings. I'm still not over that. Farhan, you're on, you're, on, you're, on, you're on the gate here, buddy. 
Yeah, Andrew Bailey. You're on the, I should say you're on the fence. Yeah. Oh, Andrew ba- Bam, Bam Bam will always yeah, yeah, be a he, friend he's of the in, Yeah, he's always on this one. Always a friend. I saw Ron Wotus the other day, friend of the program. Rich Aurelia, friend of the program. Who else is on TV for them? Uh, Bochy could be friend of the program. Yeah, Bochy's can't. been on, yeah. Bochy's been on the program. Uh, George Contos. Friend of, friend the, of program. the program. He was actually our first guest we ever used on StreamYard. When we started a giant, stream. yeah, it was. Remember, it was Contos. He did it from his home in like in. They had a little Illinois. struggle against the Reds. Uh, Your Giants. So what I heard, this is something I've heard. Word um, on the street, their defense is terrible. One, um, by the way, Joey Bart's played in three games since being demoted to AAA, uh, and apparently, wait, 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 whoa, what? He's only played in three games. Down in tri- in sack. He got demoted like what, like two weeks ago. He's played in three games. I don't know if he was hurt or whatever. He's got to be hurt. But Why would you not? I look. He's, he's played in three games. He's hitting like three sixty-seven. But speaking of minor leagues, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm going to tread lightly here. You sent me an article. Did you put it in the playbook? I do, but uh, you, if you can click on it. I'm not, I'm not clicking. I already. 145. I was at the gym today. You sent me this, and I went through it. And I decided. I just put the link for the article on there. It's, it's not underneath the MVP race right there. We love us some Melissa Lockhart. She does a great job for the athletic. I highly recommend the athletic. We've got a bunch of friends on the athletic. I think their journalism for sports, wouldn't you say, is second to none? Yeah, uh, a lot of the coverage they do is great. It's almost a little too much. Uh, yeah, we can ask. We can point right to Eno Saris for that. It's almost <laughs> a little too much. Eno, I don't need 22 pages. You could have done it in two, but love you. <laughs> um, I clicked on. I clicked on it. And I read it, and I'm gonna tell you. When you cover the minor league system for any team, you've got to sell it. Why do you have to sell it? Well, because if you didn't sell it, why would someone want to read something that you're saying is not worth reading? If I'm writing an article about a topic and that topic really isn't sexy, I got to make it sexy or you, the consumer, you're not going to you're not going to read it. You're not going to want to read it. I went through this. It is about our minor league system, the halfway point. Uh, I know she's selling it as a consumer. I'm not buying it. I started seeing, he's in double A and he's 25. I am so tired 
you know what my favorite show is? The show I watch more than the MLB Now. Quick Pitch. Oh, that's not a- which we don't really consider a show. It's a highlight show. It's like it used to be Sports Center. Now, ever since I got out of sports talk, I don't watch all the other sports yeah, like I used it, to. It's essentially football. it's Sports Center for baseball. Which, by the way, can you smell it? Summer. Summer means football's around the corner. Oh, uh, I thought you meant the Dubs. Dubs are coming back soon. <laughs> dubs. Football's right around the corner. San Jose State's going to Auburn. Do you know? Do you you want an explosive game that me and my buddies? I'm not going to invite you because you bring me can of death. Um, do you know the Niners and Raiders play this year in Vegas? Yeah, I remember you and I were talking about it. Do you New know Year- Do you know when? Yeah, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. That means New Year's Day. You're walking from the Bellagio, whoop, over to the Death Star. And you got Niners, Raiders? Who doesn't want to go to Vegas for New Year's? Yeah. Who doesn't on New Year's Day, as, as much as I'm a bold traditionalist guy and I love having my, my smoker going and my buddies come over and we do a whole thing for bowl games and the granddaddy of them all, Keith Jackson, it's the Rose Bowl. The granddaddy of them all, I love. But if you're going to give me Niners Raiders on January 1, as someone who's worked quite a few Niners Raiders games, uh, I'm in. Yeah, my wife- you can wear your Niner gear, Niner fan. Bring it. We're, my wife and I were talking about going to that game. We need to we need to make up for what happened to us on New Year's of this or of last year. So, oh, uh, your Rona experience yeah, in San Diego couldn't go anywhere. It's not as bad as my buddy Jason Babcock. What would happen? Went to Europe. Oh, need to had three days in Italy. Then they were getting on the boat for the cruise. Wife tested positive. Couldn't go on the cruise. They don't allow you on the boat. Do so you have to quarantine in Italy more? No, nah, you can fly now with the, with the Rona. They it, flew home. It was weird flying without without masks on. Fly all the way to Italy for three days when your trip was like a two week trip to yeah. Europe. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I got well, I got one of those coming up in a, in a couple months. <laughs> that's fun. I have now totally forgot where I was. You're going. talking about the minor league system. No, I, I I can't read it. I can't read it. You're gonna sell me still, Luis Barrera. I'm telling you, the other night I'm watching Tigers, D-backs. What's, what's the kid's name in center? Riley Green? Riley Green. top Probably the top hitting prospect in baseball. Whoops. That's just an alarm. For what? Oh. Clock back in for my lunch. Oh, wow. They're, they're big on that. I, I, I wish. All I think about is the show, Growing A's Cast and A's Cast Live. You guys got all this other stuff you're worried about. Well, it's, I mean, that's a. I'm a real A's employee. These guys are worried about all these other things. Um, but Riley Green. I'm watching Roger Clemens' kid go deep. Cody Clemens. He's not even a pitcher. Yeah. He's going deep down down in the Valley of the Sun. This green kid is running down everything in center field. It's good everything. It's a good player. He's that wiry, fast-looking guy. You know, you know what he looked like? And this is just off highlights because we haven't seen him up close. He looks like Steve Finley. It's a good comp. He's a good player. Steve Finley was a terrific player. One of only the seven or eight guys that are part of the 300-300 club. Yeah, Steve Finley was – if you told me you're going to have Steve Finley out in center field, I'd take that any day of the week. But here, this guy – I'm looking at – and how old is this Riley Green guy? He's like 21, 22. Yeah. How old's Clemens? Uh, he's a little older. I think he's – He's out of college, but he's, he's what, 24? Uh, let's see. Cody Clemens is 26. All right. 
I'm off. But we can go through every organization. Everybody's bringing up 22 and 23-year-olds. We've got a 23-year-old. His name's Pache. He's hitting like 111 this month. Hey, Twitch yesterday. Have you seen – going into yesterday, he was – I just know this from doing the postgame show. Going into yesterday, he was I, hitting 108 in June. I know. I heard you say 108. that. 108. No home runs. This dude hasn't hit a home run forever. He's uh, 6'2". Two, he's built like a free safety. He has like zero – he's got two home runs on the year and hasn't had one in months. Yeah, the, his last home run, his second one, was hit at home. He, was, he hit the first A's home By run By the way, the have you reached out to Mike Farron yet and told him he's B.S.? Uh, uh, oh, this is a handful of guys. Handful of guys. There's a handful of young guys on Atlanta, the world champs alone. Every single team is bringing up guys 25 or younger, and they're balling out. And we're talking about, hey, this guy's 25 at Midland. What? That's not good. It's not. We got – I'm going to just be – I don't know what we got in the minor league. I was reading that. I was going through it, and then she put the ages, and it just goes – what do we got? We got Luis. We've seen Luis Perea. Luis Perea, nice young man. He is what he is. We got nothing. And I, I texted you about it earlier because Melissa has Shea Langoliers as an all-star for, for a catcher, and he's hitting 271 with 13 homers. How old is he? He's 20. He was in the. He was a college kid, too. I think he's 24. Let me just double-check his age. So we're going to hold him down there. 24. He'll be 25 in November. So, you'll so next year, let's say he makes a big big lead. We're so we're, we're why are we holding him back? Why? So he's twenty five next year. Free agent, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. 30. So he won't be a free agent till he's thirty one. We're like holding these guys back. We're like, and that's can you imagine that we intentionally go out of our way to hurt guys financially in their lives. You're taking a year, a year of a good living away from them. To pu- you're, you're punishing you're The system punishes these kids. This is one year. Anything can happen in a year. A lot of bad stuff can happen in your life coming up. This is a great earning potential year for you in your life, and teams are stripping that of their players. So they don't have to pay you one year later. It's a travesty what I mean, we do. It's a travesty. Well, best example is George Springer and Chris Bryant. It's a travesty. You're holding out a young man from making the most money he's ever made in his life. You're selfish. Your system is selfish. It's I, it's it's disgusting. Uh, but back to Langlers real quick. I, I when I saw the article. Great. The, hey, what's he doing in AAA? Uh, he has 13 home runs. I just I, looked, saw, I just saw one that went like 470 or something like that. Yeah, but since but since like May 7th, he's at. Two home runs. He had 11. He was on fire to start the year. And then since May 7th, he's hit two. Uh, what, Big Murph's lighting it up? Was he 20? He's 27, got to be 28. Big Murph's lighting it up? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think any catcher in the system's hitting well. Soderstrom's hitting like 230 at Lansing. Oh, Muncy's hitting. That's the other thing. Everywhere you look, and I'm going down her list, Every guy that we're like hanging our hat on is hitting under 250. Muncie is hitting an A ball, by the way. A ball, 237, 13 home runs. He struck out 87 times and walked 43. How is it? And I don't know if we're going to have time to get into the article today that I sent you last night. I read it. It was a lot of, it was like, it was an athletic article, but it was very interesting. 
bat path, knowing everything about people's yeah. swings. Hawkeye. How is it that we are getting smarter with data and it's not making our hitters better? We focus everything's so focused on pitching that there's how we have how we've never figured any of this stuff out the hitting is I don't I, I when I read that article and I was like, this makes a lot of sense. But why are our hitters not getting better? Our technology has gotten better, but our hitters aren't. No, I, I think a lot of it still is the they want the launch angle. They want the they want to hit a home run. How about this? This is another one. Riddle me this, Batman. Everybody says it's because the high velocity. Yet pitchers are throwing more breaking balls than fastballs. Yeah, and I mean, good case in that good case tonight with Jordan Montgomery and Paul Blackburn. Uh, hitters are hitting what 109 versus Blackburn's curveball, and hitters are hitting. Zero or point zero nine seven against Jordan Montgomery's curveballs. Neither of these guys throw. Neither of these guys throw hard. But I remember our intern came in and tried to say, "Well, the guys from yesteryear can't play because they never saw this velocity." I mean, what velocity are you seeing now? You're seeing slider after slider. There's yeah. more sliders than fastballs being thrown in baseball right now. That's what the data says. I have a better chance of seeing in any at-bat seeing more breaking balls than I do a fastball. So why is it play calling and technology got better in the NFL, more touchdowns? Basketball became smarter, more three-pointers, more points scored. Hockey, like all these sports, as technology gets better, they get better offensively. We are not getting better offensively in baseball. And uh, I can look and see what the. Uh... This is, just, I mean, this is layman's, right? This is layman terms, right? I'm just asking the basic question. You got all this technology that explains about it. We should know our bat path. We should know everything. We got all this kind of stuff. Why are we not getting better? Let me pull up. Uh... And if your excuse is velocity, then I'm going to go back to it again. They're throwing more sliders than fastballs. I'm trying to let's see what the league. Do you watch MLB uh, MLB Now today? I watched the the first like first thirty minutes about the Yankees, but the, Yan- the I was more interested with the uh, Angels Mariners brawling something Joel Sherman said. The 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 O swing rate. Oh yeah, for Judge. Your O swing rate. That's for swinging at balls outside the zone. Aaron Judge is swinging at more balls outside the zone this year. But yet he's making more contact, and he's having the best year of his career. Yeah. No, you could tie a correlation into, well, it's a contract year. But still. I'm just going off the data. Yeah. He's swinging at, as Eno Saris' article said, swinging at balls outside the zone. It's a no-no. Less swings is better. Aaron Judge swinging at more balls outside the zone, making more contact than ever before, having the best year of his career. Yeah, and, and – and- could be an outlier, but I'm just using what they're what they're telling me on MLB MLB now. No, a guy having a a, a really bad bad year batting average wise for him, um, and I saw him play on Saturday. I don't know what's going on with Juan Soto this year. He's in like going into that game. He's hitting like two twenty. Oh, you want to give him eight mil? You want to give him eight hundred million dollars? Yeah, he's not, and he's a guy that he does he doesn't swing at pitches out of the zone. He has really good discipline at the plate. He, he had 14 home runs, but his batting average isn't there. Cool, he gets on base because he walks a lot. That I mean, is that what we're still selling 
everyone on like yes the, they're still selling that the guy hitting behind him in the lineup is is I can't remember if it was did he bat second or third Nelson Cruz was behind him Nelson Nelly Cruz uh, hit a uh, huge home run in Texas they 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 cruise they're not booing they're cruising oh, don't, uh, don't don't <laughs> don't but he um Kevin Kuzmanoff do not steal like his Josh line. Be- Josh Bell's hitting really well for the for the Nats but why is it Juan Soto Juan Soto's supposed to be a guy that's you know you're right everyone's to give him five hundred million dollars what's he hitting two eighteen two eighteen but look at his on-base percentage. Look at his OPS. OPS plus is still well above league average. Because it's all about walks. Yeah. How many walks does he have this year? So I'm going to pay a guy. He's walked. 61. He's, he leads, he's got the most walks. He leads baseball with 61 walks. Now, he strikes out less than he walks. Yes, he strikes out less than he walks, which is good. But his batting average isn't there. The OPS is not bad. It's not his. It's a lot, it's, it's a lot of solo jacks. Now, we don't watch it, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know what he's hitting with runners in scoring position. I bet it's not good. Because uh, it looks like when you, when, you have, when you have 14 home runs and 31 RBIs, that's a lot of solo home runs. Yes. By the way, the, I wanted to look it up. The league going into today, the league overall, Major League Baseball, is hitting 242. So it's up from the, what was it, 230 like a month and a half ago. Are balls out of humidors now? It's, wait for it. It's warmer outside now. Okay. As someone that. The biggest cheer, by the way, in Texas was when they announced that it's 104 degrees outside, but it's 72 inside the ballpark. The place literally gave yeah. us, it was literally like a standing ovation. Yeah, that's what Texas needed. How about that? That's what Texas needed. Texas built a beautiful ballpark, but it was outside. So you know what they did? They went, you know what? We should probably build one that has a roof. So they built it next door. Did you hear that? They've built two ballparks. Two. And they're right across the street from each other. Two. Right across the street from each other. Two. Oh, uh, by the way, Soto's hitting 125 with runners in scoring position. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Two homers, 16 RBI. They be, he's on a bad team. He has no protection. What, what's he hitting? 218. What's he hitting with no oh. runners on? Uh, with, well, 218. Oh, with no runners on? Let's see. Where's, I don't know where you Uh, 225, it looks like. Nine, he has nine solo home runs, obviously. When so, we, not, so nine of his 14 are not. Yeah, he's got a bunch of solo yeah, home runs. Yeah. He's not having a great year, and people are talking about giving him $500 million. But, but he does walk when no one's on base. 40 walks at 26 strikeouts. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and that was the whole – when they were trying to compare him to Ted Williams, you're like, okay, this guy – I mean, he's so, so young. He's only 23. He's super, super young. Yeah, he's 23. He'll be 20, he won't be 24 until October. He's got a great eye, and he's going to walk a lot. I'd pay him a lot of money. I'm not paying him $500 million. Yeah, I think that number's a bit high. I'm not paying him $500 million. Why am I going to pay this guy? What's my return on investment? Hey, when's the last time Chris Bryant played in the big leagues? Speaking on return on investment, when's the last time? It was uh, was it April? It was April. No, it's May. He played May. Uh, I, I want to say it's like May twenty fourth. I think you're right. I have it on here. I think. Um, yeah, no, he's played two games since April twenty fifth. Yeah, but when's the last time? He oh played? yeah, I think it was May. He came. He came off the aisle, then he got hurt again. Yeah. Yeah, that deal's not uh, working out well for, <laughs> for the Rockies so far. Remember that, folks. We gotta pay Chris Bryan all that money because. 
I mean, he we said want, we want to have a negative zero point two WAR. Uh, his last game we played him was May twenty second. He went zero for four. His last home run was. Uh, his last home run was last year with the Giants. He doesn't have one. Let's just see how much is he making. He's making a cool. Uh, well, he, he the first year of the deal is not bad. It's only eighteen million. After that, it's 28, 28, 27, 27, 20. So, this always takes me back to A's fans. We don't spend any money. Yeah, because the majority of guys end up like this. Uh, by the way, what's the Rockies' record with him playing? They've only played 17 games. They're 9-8. and eight. So, is he really that big of a difference maker for them? Take your big free agent contract. Oh, I mean, what, talk about Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, oh, he's going to get this big. Just Everybody's like, just pay him, just pay him. Joel Sherman said it best today. We've never seen a tall guy age well offensively in the history of baseball. Now we don't have a lot. We don't have a lot of. We don't have a lot of sample size there. You got Frank Howard, you got Richie Sexton, Tony Clark. Tony Clark at the end of his career was a good pinch hitter, but you don't have a guy that really was a tall guy that lasted for years and was good into his mid thirties uh, oh, to late thirties. When uh, oh no, Cruz got caught up from the by the Pirates. Because um, he's 6'7". They put a list together of the, the tallest guys. So, Tony Clark was 6'8". Uh, Tony Clark could hoop. Uh, Dick Hall was 6'6". Six, six at Who? second base. He played um, from 1952 to 1971. No other player 6'6 six, six or taller has started the game at the Keystone. Um, let's see. Ryan Miner was 6'7". Um, yeah, oh, right. wow. Do you remember what he, why he's famous for? He was placed in the lineup when Cal Ripken ended his consecutive game streak at 2,632. Um, he hit 177 with five home runs that year. Um, obviously, oh, no Cruz. But yeah, Frank Howard's on here. Aaron, obviously, Aaron Judge. And Walt Bond um, was – when did he even play? Uh, doesn't say when he played, but he was 6'7". Then they have designated hitter, A's legend, Nate Fryman. Great Nate Fryman. He was a good dude. Couldn't well, play. Why is it? Why is Richie Sexton not on here? He should be. Who who do they have at first base? Frank Howard. Frank Howard. Yeah. So why is I, why isn't Sexton the DH? Because he was what six ten, nine six ten. So, oh, the Wikipedia says six nine. Let's see what let's see what Baseball Reference has him listed as six seven. Still big. Oh, he was bigger than 6'7". Yeah, he was still – I mean, he's still a bigger guy. And he had some actual pretty decent years. Hey, 300 – he hit 300 career home runs. Yeah. 306 to be exact. But they don't age well. Yeah, his best year he hit 45 home runs with the Brewers in 2000. At what age? 28. He played in every game that year. What was his best year in his 30s? At age 30, he played in 156 games. He also led the league in strikeouts. He had 263, 39 – Homer's 121 RBI. All right, they'd take that now. Third, 31, 34, and 107. And then his next best year was 32 when he hit 21 and 63. And but then he after that, he falls off a cliff. Yeah. He hit 205 when he hit that yeah. year. That's can we, can, 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 can we end arguably the dumbest story going in the history of sports? I just got this. And maybe, and, and you know what, maybe I need to – Maybe I need to exercise the demons and just get rid of Bleacher Report on my phone. Yeah, there, sometimes their updates are a little 
Jock Peterson's former Braves teammates say he didn't leave clubhouse for three days to dodge Tommy Fan. What? Oh, are we still doing this fantasy football thing? Yeah, they're We're, still talking about it. They're still talking about yeah. it. Now I know Reds players were wearing T-shirts over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I heard about. That. I get it. We're having fun, but this is not in San Francisco. This is Braves. People are talking about this. I don't know if the Braves people are, but speaking of the Braves, I thought this weekend, if you look at the baseball, obviously some very good baseball and the Dodgers, very good weekend for the Dodgers, wouldn't you say, against the world champs on the road? Yeah. Okay. Without Mookie Betts. But I understand how if you really looked at it, there's multiple ways to look at it. And it, it got odd. It really got odd. And you may not know what I'm talking about, but so we'll explain it. Like what we saw with Stephen Boat with Stephen Boat and Christian Pache. They came back and got their World Series rings. Obviously emotional, great ceremony, that's it. Freddie Freeman's a different player. He's an all-time great for the Atlanta Braves. They had the moment, but it kept going and going and was very emotional to where even Clayton Kershaw said, hey, you're one of us now, man. What's going on? That's not the exact quote, by the way, but that's kind of what he was saying. Like, I get it, but you got to, like, get over it, and you're one of us now. Because it was every game, every day he was so emotional. It just shows something went on in those contract negotiations. Something went wrong. Something went awry. Freddie Freeman did not want to leave Atlanta, and he showed it this weekend. Like all the stuff he said about being in L.A., his emo- your, your actions speak louder than your words. And if you're a Dodger, you understand emotional gets your ring cool. But we're still doing this on Sunday. You're still all emotional and everything about not being here. I can understand. Like, I I love the fact what they did for him on Friday. This was not like an Albert Pool. Albert Pools, you're just honoring an all-time great. And Pujols wasn't crying every so emotional every day about I'm not a Cardinal anymore. That was every day of the series. Yeah. Um, But he told me about it. You asked me if I saw the Kershaw quote. I didn't know what you meant. And then you told me what it was. And it, you could totally tell the Freeman didn't want to leave. I mean, they love him there. I mean, he's that he still wants to be there. And you're now the Dodgers going away. We made the commitment to you. We gave you what they wouldn't. Uh, we're trying to win here. We get it, but what? Wh- what's the deal? My thing with this now, just to play contrarian. What happens if Kershaw leaves the Dodgers and he comes back? Say he go. Say he goes to Texas and pitches for his hometown or home. I state. don't think Clayton Kershaw. Now he's not a position player, but I don't think on if he's honored on Friday, he's still so emotional on Sunday. Fair, but we don't know that either. But then again, you won't well, see. You're him. bringing up Jim Harbaugh hypotheticals. Yeah. I can't deal plus, with hypotheticals. Plus, you, you plus you won't see him because if he pitches on Friday, you won't see him Saturday and Sunday. I'll, I'll ask someone who has no heart and no emotion. The great Paul Hemikides from ESPN next, right here on A's Cast Law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. You know, uh, we forgot to bring it up. Great night last night for the Aviators and the leader of leaders. What did Fran do? You know what I'm afraid? With midterm elections coming up and then a presidential election. You know what I'm afraid of? Uh, what is it? Are you scared I'm going to start talking politics? Uh, no. I don't you are. You're the, scared I'm going to start talking politics. Where, where's the dump button? Got to get it ready. <laughs> yeah, you don't even want to know Cody's politics because you want to talk about crazy. Cody is crazy. And yeah. you don't know if it's left or right. Yeah. You don't know. He's from Pennsylvania. He's from Western Pennsylvania. Uh, Hembo on uh, now has a Pittsburgh Pirates shirt. On, it looks like I love the shirt. Cody was too busy uh, donating money to, to various political causes. <laughs> it seems that he forgot to you know do his one job in this case, which is just open up my audio. So I think that sort of goes to sort of really demonstrate your point. This is a person with other preoccupations, Chris. Well, I, I'm sure you guys talked about it uh, on Get Up today about the Aviators coming back from nine nothing in AAA yesterday. Uh, our Las Vegas AAA affiliate to win 9-8. Their manager is the great Fran Reardon. I'm scared he's going to leave for politics. He's such a, a great leader. So whether it's midterms or the president coming up in a few years, I'm worried Fran Reardon's going to leave us. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, I have to say this. We got excited for this book you were going to write about the Hall of Fame because I even have my Hall of Fame shirt on today. My Cooperstown Baseball Hall of Fame shirt. I've been waiting for this book. Hembo, I don't care if you're procreating. I don't care if you're getting up in the morning to do TV. When am I getting my Hall of Fame book? We're we're talking about a a period of months. Nah, scratch that. We're talking about a period of years, not months. But I will say this. Uh, I hope to have news to, to share at some point in the reasonably near future in that regard. I will say that I have spent the last couple of years, it seems now, uh, maybe closer to several years, doing research for this uh, much-anticipated book. You'll be among the first to know whenever anything can be made official. But I can assure you, I have not put that on ice. I work on it practically every single day. And my hope is that that voluminous research that I have done will wind up yielding a good read for you and all of your listeners. Well, 
I got an idea. How about mm. stop researching LeBron James, stop talking about Tom Brady, stop making babies, and start creating a book? Look, I mean, you may not have heard. There, there's, a, there's a Wednesday deadline for Kyrie Irving oh. to opt out of his $36.5 million oh. deal for next season with the Nets. Like, this is, oh. this is front page stuff. I'm an ESPN employee. Uh, I shall <laughs> go down with the ship. I shall go down with that ship. Might he go to the Lakers? Might he opt back in? Might he take the mid-level exception? <laughs> Candidly, the, the, the amount of tentacles here are endless, and, uh, and I'm not sure we have enough time to uh, go through them all. <laughs> are you going to follow Gronk to the grocery store to make sure he's still retired? You know, I'm, uh, I didn't even hear about that news, so maybe we'll have to add that to the show tomorrow <laughs> and, ask, and ask the question for the first time. Is Gronk really done? Come up, coming up next, we'll answer that for you. So that's that's – uh, that's where that's where you come in, man. You're supplying me with wonderful ideas. Six thirty in the morning here on Get on Get Up. Coming up next, does LeBron James think the Avalanche can repeat next year for the Stanley Cup? LeBron was also very invested into that uh, Aviators game that, that you <laughs> mentioned. I'm sure. Hey, if, um, if LeBron James was at that game, it would have led your show. Hey, you know what? We should probably arrange that so that your boy can can make an appearance on Get Up. LeBron just has to be involved in some tangential way. All right, I'm gonna, I've said this today. I am on record that the New York Yankees will not win the World Series. I'm guaranteeing it, and it's one line in my notes, and I will read it to you and let you judge. The Yankees lead the majors this season with 52.6% of their runs coming via the home run. When you rely that much on the home run, someone will knock you off like they have for the past few years. Someone will knock you off in the playoffs. Agree or disagree? I agree that if you're giving me the option of tanking the Yankees or the field to win the championship, I'm going to take the field because that's the smartest choice. I do, however, believe that if you're handicapping things today, the Yankees would have to be the favorite because while you've made an, an, an outstanding point, Teams that rely on the home run ball to that degree, generally speaking, don't win in October. What matters a lot more in October are teams that produce high contact rates and obviously teams that excel in the world of run prevention. But the Yankees do that too. That's something we need to keep in mind here is that for, for the most part this season, the Yankees' been, uh, pitching staff has been hovering right around three runs allowed per game or even fewer. We're talking about historic run prevention. The last team to do that was, I think, was 1972. We're talking about like 1968 Cardinals territory that's how good that pitching staff is so while i do agree with you i think that lineup actually leaves a decent amount to be desired in part because it lacks length in part because it is so home run dependent and obviously it's mostly home run dependent on one man in particular who just can't possibly keep this face up i do have to say brian cashman has built an excellent pitching staff and has built the best defense in baseball a year after his uh his club ranked last in the american league in defensive run saved he deserves enormous credit for sort of rounding out this roster in such a way that I sort of underestimated in the offseason. By the way, it's just typical New York. You got to come to California to get your best, whether it's Joe DiMaggio or Aaron Judge. It is what <laughs> it is. Uh, when you think about Judge, obviously contract's going to be out there. I mean, you wish it would have got done if you're Judge. You're going to have to – somebody's going to pay the big man. It's going to be inter interesting to see. But do you worry that we have never – ever 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 seen a guy that big age well of course uh not only have we not ever seen a guy that big age well we've just never seen a guy that big period 
Like that's that's the that's God's honest truth. He is the largest position player in the history of Major League Baseball. He has a significant track record of injury. Thus, he has the largest strike zone of any player in history. And we know that he has a propensity to swing and miss because, A, he's playing baseball in 2022, and because he sells out to hit the home run ball. He's doing a little bit better in that regard this year. But I think the idea that Brian Cashman screwed this thing up by only only offering $213.5 million is nonsense. He made that decision based upon the information we had at the time. In 2017, Aaron Judge was brilliant. Last season, Aaron Judge was excellent. The area in between... Aaron Judge missed 142 games in those three seasons. And like you said, he has an unprecedented body. If Aaron Judge loses something like 5 or 10% of his bat speed over the next handful of seasons, he will be a shell of the player he is right now. Because you know it's going to be impossible, totally impossible, for him to control the strike zone into his late 30s. So the question is, can he consistently get barreled to baseball? That we don't know because we've never seen it before. I love the swing. I obviously love the profile. He's a Hall of Fame talent. But we've seen that kind of talent somewhat sparingly and without any track record of a player that looks like him succeeding into his 30s, like you said. There's no obvious reason for me to believe that Ryan Cashman should have written him a $300 million check a year before he had to. So I'm sort of on the side of him there. And I think the idea that he sort of screwed this thing up, like I said at the beginning, is, um, is not using the information that we had three months ago when he had that, when he had that, uh, that contract in hand. I do think it's pretty cool, too, that the largest human being when you talk about height and size that we have ever seen in a baseball uniform is out there playing center field. It's pretty oh. amazing. <laughs> he, oh, he's, he's likely to break the record for most home runs in a season by a primary center fielder. Like he's going to put up Ken Griffey Jr. kind of power <laughs> numbers this year. But here's the, the amazing thing about Judge. Like, uh, yes, of course, it's crazy that he's playing center field. He bumped there and hit to the left. What's even crazier is that right-handed hitters just don't have that kind of pop at Yankee Stadium and never have. Joe DiMaggio never once in his career hit a home run to left center field at Yankee Stadium. Not a one. The only players to ever had a 50-homer season as a righty uh, for the Yankees are A-Roddy at 54-07, and and then Judge did it in 2017, his rookie season. He's going to do it again. Like We're talking about like a legit 80-grade power tool that like sort of transcends time. We've never quite seen anyone like it, but I'll tell you what. He turned 30 earlier this year. The Yankees <laughs> might not wind up paying him a cent beyond this, and that might not be the worst thing in the world, given all the suspicions that we have about his inevitable deterioration. By the way, yesterday in Anaheim was an absolute travesty. If I was <laughs> the commissioner of baseball, Iglesias, the closer, after all was said and done, picks up the thing of seeds, runs out, throws it onto the field, I'd ban him for the rest of the year. That whole thing, that that's the first thing. Yesterday what you saw with the left-hand jab and the cast on his right hand, that's the first thing Anthony Rendon has hit since he's signed the contract with the Angels. <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack here, obviously. The, the, the worst thing that happened the whole weekend was when they went up and in on Mike Trout. Like, you don't you do not do that. Like, you don't pitch up and in And what's God, the right? point of that? Utterly outrageous. So, like, that was, to me, like – indefensible in every conceivable way. I also think Jesse Winker obviously has a hand here in, in instigating this whole thing because he got hit exactly where he was supposed to, using our unwritten rules, of course, and wasn't having any of it. Jesse Winker hasn't built up enough equity in his career or with the Mariners not to just drop his bat and go down to first base and not instigate the issue. So that's another problem. 
I will say this. <laughs> the Rizal Iglesias sunflower seed toss yeah. is utterly majestic, but so Bush League. <laughs> I mean, he obviously belongs on the list of Pete Rose and Eddie Sacati, Shoeless Joe Jackson. Like, the, the, you know, he belongs in that school of player for, for that travesty. But it was absolutely glorious. And, of course, it's sort of symbolic of everything that the Angels are. That Anthony Rendon is mixing it up with a cast. I'm like Jesse Winker should have signed it before he left. Like that's that's where the Angels are right now. And you're exactly right. Anthony Rendon is 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 probably the biggest reason why this team is not going to make the playoffs for the umpteenth consecutive year. And he's out there mixing it up. It was the most. It was like the most predictable. The, like the classic thing that the Angels could do. It is a train wreck of an organization right now, a train wreck of a signing. And the way that was handled soup to nuts, like you said, was Bush League, an absolute travity, travesty. They, they should be playing teams like the Aviators moving forward. Yeah, hey, hey, by the way, and as we were getting done, and I'm in my post-game show yesterday, uh, as the A's were taking down the Royals, I started seeing it on Twitter, and I thought, it's just what's happening is so fitting. Once again, Mariners overhyped, Angels overhyped, both teams are gutless, and here they are playing tough guys against each other, and they <laughs> both are just major league disappointments. Right. This is like this is like um Udonis Haslam fighting against some like scrub from another team, like you know, in between, like during a timeout. Like it's it's yeah. it's honestly kind of shameful to watch. Like you feel bad for like the two weakest kids in the class fighting in the playgrounds when like one's grabbing the other's shirt, the other's like hanging on by the boot like, by, by his bootstrap. That's what that was. It was a pathetic display of baseball, baseball brawling, obviously. But I, when, I, when I sent Cody the text earlier and I, and I said, the Angels need to apologize to all of us, I only sort of meant half of that issue over the weekend. Because I do feel it necessary just to go on a quick, the Angels stink kind of rant. Because go. the fact that, that, that Otani and Trout are now sort of concurrently being great, and this team still can't win a freaking game, is the biggest joke I have ever seen. This, this team owns the longest active streak in the big leagues of consecutive losing seasons. They're on pace for their seventh straight losing season. The Pirates and the Orioles have had a winning season more recently than they have. They have Mike Trout and Otani. Oh, by the way, the last time the Angels farm system, you know, their minor league players, yeah. have had a collective winning record was 2013. They can't do anything right. They have Wait, been gifted. what? Last time the so, Angels had a winning record in the minor leagues was 2013. I'm writing that down. They, the, the last time that the Angels farm system, right, their collective minor league teams had a winning record in a season was Mike Trout's second full season. This is impossible to believe. Impossible. You have been granted, like, two of baseball's generational unicorn-like gifts just by chance. You drafted Randall Grichik over Mike Trout, right? Otani cho chose you because it was close to where he lived, in part, right? You have been grant, you've been given gifts, and you have defiled the franchise. You have ruined your chance of being relevant. When like any, like all you have to do is build an average roster, just an average farm system, and you're gonna have a chance to win a championship every year because those two, those two guys by themselves, when healthy, are gonna win you 15 or 20 games by themselves. I, I, I am. I am flabbergasted, and I think we're looking at Otani's second to last year on the Angels. There's no chance he's going to re-sign there after next season if they can't demonstrate to him that they can win. So that Anthony Radom contract obviously stinks on ice. The Albert Poole contract originally is probably the biggest reason why Mike Trout's never played in a 
playoff win. Like this organization right now is just sort of uh, on my last nerve. And the fact that they can't, they can't get anything right outside those two guys is just a complete and utter joke. All right, th- this is one that I looked up over the weekend because even our own Dallas Braden was like, you can't say anybody else should be in the MVP conversation with Shohei Otani because show me what he does offensively and then show me what he does pitching. And there's all these people who buy this. And I went, you know what? Let me, since I'm going to have Himbo on, let me delve into some numbers. During their 14-game losing streak, where essentially season sunk, Joe Madden, the savior, gets fired, they're done. That's when you need your MVP candidate. When you when things are when when the when the boat's taking on water, you, you got to help bail the boat out and keep it afloat, right? Otani did nothing during that 14-game losing streak. Otani hit 209 during that 14-game losing streak. Otani only had two starts in 14 games. One, he went six innings, five earned runs, gave up two jacks. The next one, he went only three innings four earned runs, and gave up three home runs. So when you needed this great, the most to save your season, he was nowhere to be found for those 14 games. And then all of a sudden, they're now, what, 12 games back, he'll hit two home runs in a game, eight RBIs. The next night, strikes out 13. Oh, he's great. When you needed him, he was nowhere to be found. That's not an MVP. (laughs) I I like your style. I'm not sure... I can get on board with that aside, aside from it, per, you know, potentially being like a tiebreaker. I think when we get to the end of the season and we line up all of our candidates, if Otani is close and he's likely to be close, then you have to start unpeeling you know, the onion. Overall, what I look at is just like pretty simple question. Who produced the most value? That, who's the most valuable player, of course. And I view that player, generally speaking, as just the best one. But obviously, context matters a lot. I agree with you. The Angels season was sunk over that two-week span. Not, not only was Otani nowhere to be found, but neither was Mike Trout. Yeah. I, I, there, is some, there is some real value in, in being a stopper, right? So it, like this weekend against the Astros. Verlander. The Verlander, sure. And then uh, uh, on the other side, Aaron Judge, two walk-offs against, against probably your, your biggest nemesis right now. The, the, the Yankees didn't lead for an inning in that series, but they won two games because Judge walked them off twice. Right. That's what that's what MVPs do do. And I, I do believe that you can use narrative and, and you can use talking points such as these in order to sort of split, uh, split hairs or break ties with your MVP vote. I do think of Otani demonstrates this year again that he's clearly the most outstanding player. I won't hold those 14 games against him so much so that he won't get my first place vote. But I do believe that it absolutely is worthy of consideration because um, that team lost their season then got their manager fired then. And now they're going to be playing exhibition games from now until the end of time. Yeah, see, I understand just looking at the numbers and you say, well, that guy. But it's like, what is the MVP? The MVP is somebody that does more than just stats. And look at Verlander. Verlander is now 6-0 and in seven games he started immediately after an Astros loss. So the Astros, mm. they lose the next night. Verlander's on the mound. It's win day. I just showed you. I only got two starts out of Otani in those 14 and that 14 game losing streak. Not three. I got two. Both times he stunk it up. Both times he's supposed to go out there and be the stopper. He's supposed to be the man. He wasn't. That's where I think you need to look at more. I 
I'm not a voter, so what does it matter? But in my opinion, it just shouldn't be look at baseball reference at the end of the year and whoever has the best stats gets the vote. Yeah, and I'm also not one who believes that like we're not allowed to critique Shohei Otani. He obviously has an entourage online, it seems, that oh, will attack anybody such as you or me that find a reasonable hole to poke at him. Like You can be a, a great player without being perfect, right? Like we, we can critique the context. We can critique the situation. We can be smarter than to just say, oh, no, that person is off limits. No, no, no. If you're a big league player, you're on limits like everyone else, right? So I'm with you. I, I have no issue with – poking holes in Otani's case, like I do anyone else's case. And if his team's going to lose every game for two weeks, it is more than fair to judge his performance therein. And can I throw another one? I have no problem throwing him under the bus. I love him, though. I mean, he's, he seems like a really good guy. We get to see him a lot. He's really special. But I hate the Angels. So let me give you another one. Does he really make them all that much better as a team, as a pitcher, because you don't know when he's going to consistently take the baseball. He's never consistently taken the baseball. It's just, do I have to have a six-man rotation to satisfy having him in the rotation? There's a lot of questions, and I think there's a lot of data that you can look at to say, are we really that much better as a team because of the inconsistency surrounding him as a starter? I don't think that's fair to him. I think it's fair to the team. So here's what I mean by that. I think if you put Shohei Otani on almost any other team um, that, for lack of a better term, knew what they were doing, I think you wouldn't see these issues arise. I think most any other club would be able to accept this gift from God, build a great roster around him with the requisite depth needed, and thrive. The problem with the Angels (laughs) is that they are so incredibly top-heavy that they need Shohei Otani to be some combination on every fifth day of Roger Clemens and every day he's hitting of Barry Bonds in order for them to have any chance to win a game, right? That, to me, is an Angels problem, not an Otani problem. And it's on them to get, to get right the roster around him and not, on, like, and not on Otani to become even more available or even more supernatural. To me, what he's doing is almost, almost beyond reproach. What the Angels are doing around him is obviously um, leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, but as you just said, Every five days, I got Roger Clemens. Every five days, I know what I'm getting. I can set up my rotation. I can do everything knowing every five days, I got Roger Clemens. Hey, man, he missed Bart here in the Bay Area and wasn't able to start a game. Forget just health. He couldn't get the public transit here on time. There are a lot of inconsistencies with him pitching every five. He didn't pitch every five days, so I just wonder on that. Uh are you a Pirates or Phillies guy? I think you're Phillies, oh, right? Oh, Philly all the way, baby. All the way. Bryce Harper getting hit in San Diego. That was tough to watch. That was tough. Um, yeah, I don't know that Blake Snell should ever be allowed to pitch again, uh, parenthetically. But, look, this is, this is an absolutely crippling, yeah. costly, debilitating injury. This is not a club that could afford to lose any player sort of in their top ten, if you will. It most definitely could not – have afforded to lose Bryce Harper, its best player, its face, its heartbeat, the best hitter in the National League. Sometimes you don't need context to demonstrate how great a player is. You can just rifle off their stats. Over Bryce Harper's last 162 games, he's got an OPS of 1049. He's got 42 homers, 117 RBIs, (laughs) and the Phillies have won 85 games. (laughs) Look, the the Phillies have the same issue that the Angels do, right? Um, They don't have any problems with players 1 through 10 on the roster. They're fine. They're probably better than most. 
the Phillies issues are with players 11 through 40. They have not built a team. They have not built a roster that can withstand almost anything, let alone Bryce Harper being out for an extended period of time. Of that, there is no question. Look, no player in baseball has grown on me more recently than Bryce Harper has. I think what he has done, I think the way that he has matured, the way that he has embraced the city, the way the city has embraced him back, and the way that he has done his absolute darndest to make the team relevant is admirable. The fact of the matter is, this is a bloated roster with a bunch of DHs playing the field that were being sort of held together by the greatness of the barrel that Bryce Harper, you know, wields. And unfortunately, that's not going to be there for a long time. The bullpen stinks on ice. They can't catch a cold. I don't think there's almost any chance that the Phillies can withstand this. We're talking about a team whose best case scenario before this was to finish third in their division and sneak into the playoffs. I don't see almost any way if Bryce Harper is out for an extended period of time that the Phillies can find themselves in the playoffs. Who's your favorite Philly all time? Chase Utley is my favorite Philly all time. That Chase that guy was the, a dirt bag in the most flattering way. I like when I I was I was about I don't know thirteen or so years old. When oh, he you're not you're not old I, enough for Mike Schmidt. You're not old enough for Larry Boa. You're not old enough for Steve Carlton, Tug McGraw, no, Pete no. Rose. But but I know we booed them all. You know, <laughs> Bob Bob, Bob Uecker, uh What about Vaughn Hayes? You want to talk about Von great Hayes. Philly Vaughn Hayes? Name random Phillies in the eighties. Look, uh, Bob Uecker, <laughs> Bob Uecker, who was like a played for the Phillies for a season or two, tells has like this legendary stand up routine in which he depicts a story of a fan like falling over the you know ledge at old the old stadium, Connie Mack Stadium, and the fan was booed. Because he survived, right? That's the kind of uh, uh, brethren that I associate myself with. I like it. But I like Phil. Philly's a great town. Philly ever, man. Philly's Chase is is a god. He is he is he is like he's Allen Iverson. He's Brian Dawkins. He's 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 Nick Foles. He has that sort of mythical, legendary Nick status Foles. where if you see him in the streets, Nick, Nick Foles won us a freaking Super Bowl. I know that is University that's an Eagles of Arizona. Town. You, By the way, I saw on the ticker today. On this date in baseball history, Ryan Howard was the fastest guy ever to 100 home runs. Ryan Howard, look, is probably the most overrated Philly of my lifetime. He's a player who just feasted on hitting with Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley on base. If you look at his career totals now, they're actually pretty unimpressive. At the time, he didn't know any better. He had 58 homers and 149 RBIs in the second year. He was a revelation as a rookie. He was a great hitter early in his career. But he's the kind of player who you look back on now and look at the back of the baseball card and say, I can't believe I thought he was that great. All he, I mean, obviously, all he could do was hit for power. couldn't do anything else. That was a team whose heart and soul was Chase Utley, followed closely by Jimmy Rollins, and then uh, Ryan Howard was the run producer who benefited from those two guys being on base. If I could have one Phillies jersey, I want my guy John Cruck. That team, Dalton, Cruck, Dykstra, oh, the good old days of the Philadelphia Phillies. All right. I hear we'll end on this. We have we love the Hall of Fame as we're waiting for your book. We've always said that. Uh, we got a Hall of Fame game you want to play with third baseman? Look, I think we might be living in the golden era of third baseman. There are so few third basemen in the Hall of Fame, the least representative of all positions. But when I look across the game right now, I see a few guys, a few guys that might well wind up in the Hall of Fame someday. But that's, of course, where you come in. So I'm going right. to just rifle off a few names. You're going to give me your gut reaction. Is X player a Hall of Famer? Is X third baseman a Hall of Famer? I'm going to start with Nolan Arenado. Is Nolan Arenado a Hall of Famer? Yes. Tell me why. In the end, he's going to have the offensive and, of course, the defensive numbers. Without looking right now, how many home runs does that guy have? Mm, he's got to be sniffing 300. 283 home runs, nine gold gloves. Platinum. That is the profile of a 
Hall of How Famer. How many platinum? Hall of Famer. Uh, well, those don't go back as far. I can look that up too. Yeah, he's but got like I three. Going, I think he's got three. He is an absolute stud. He's yeah. driving right now in St. Louis. You're yes to Nolan Arenado. So am I. And, and by the way, you know what also helps him? By leaving Colorado and still putting up numbers. So he won't have the Larry Walker, Todd Helton. He's going to have the numbers in St. Louis, great baseball city. He's a lock. I totally agree. That's a good. That's a point well made. Is Manny Machado, my friend, a Hall of Famer? You know the problem with calling him a third baseman is he really, he's really a shortstop. But uh, in the end, Manny, and I'm not a Manny Machado guy from a standpoint of of the type of guy he is. But I think in the end, if uh, he's the dude, he's one of those guys who is a dude. Bob Melvin's going to help him long term image-wise, and a player. But I think at the end, when you look at his numbers, yeah, he's going to be a guy that's going to be a baseball Hall of Famer. The list of players with 1,500 hits and 250 homers before turning 30 is a really, really short list. Yeah. Eddie Matthews and, and Ron Santa are the only third baseman to do it. They're almost at 50 war. I agree with you. Manny Machado will be a Hall of Famer someday. I got two more guys. One of them is young. One of them is a little less young. I'll start with him. Is Jose Ramirez a Hall of Famer? It's going to be how he ages. I mean, that's going to be the big thing for him. It's going to be, it's going to be, I mean, because obviously he swings it. And he's better defensively than you think. I think if you Much. look at the, it's about metrics. Um, that's one of those, if he ages well, yes. Because all of a sudden you're going to look up and you're going to look at the analytics and the traditional numbers. They'll all be there. Plus, he's going to get the boost of, staying in Cleveland his entire career, not being one of these guys that want to jump. Writers love that. Remember, there's also a little politics in the voting of the Baseball Hall of Fame. I think if he stays in if he stays in Cleveland his entire career, he'll get a boost for that and he'll have a uh, he'll have a statue out next to Bob Feller at Heritage Park there in Cleveland. I think you're right. This guy's a stud and and if you look at his the consistency here, in 2017, third in the MVP voting. In 2018, third. Yeah. In 2020, in 2020, second. And then last year, he was sixth. This is this is a a perennial star. Obviously, underrated in that market. Has to I age well. Has to he's age well. He's got a good shot, but he's got to age well. My last one for you here, because I'm seeing I'm seeing some flashes lately. How great can Rafael Devers be? Is that a kid who's going to be great, or is that a kid that's just going to be good? I I'm not buying stock in him being a baseball Hall of Famer. Okay, fair enough. I'll tell you what though. That guy can throw the barrel at it. I would say we'll go back and look at his numbers sometime. He's 25 years old, and he's putting up yeah. some numbers. He is a he's going to be an accumulator. He started at 20. That guy's got a shot to do some real damage. That's so early in the game on that. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, that's why we call it the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't <laughs> think you could. It's you almost could, like check could, back with me, you know, that haven't had a major injury yet. Let's you know the contract situation's gonna come up. You know, you got like a lot of stuff coming. Is he gonna stay in Boston? Mm -hmm. uh, well, that's that's a big question here. They have Bogart to take care of. Yeah. They got Devers to take care of. They have all sorts of issues. Meanwhile, they paid Trevor Story $140 million for some un, uh, unforeseen reason. Uh I think the kid's a stud. I'm a big fan of his. I want to I want to sort of get your reaction next time next time you guys see the Red Sox. That is a live bat. Like that is one of the quickest bats in the league. I just love watching him hit, so I wanted to throw him. Yeah, we don't. We we've now played him twice. We don't have to see him again. He already tore us up. But then again, <laughs> who hasn't?
<laughs> All righty, my Fair friend. Be, you know what? I'm going to send you a player. I'm going to send you my grandfather, and I want your opinion on him, the 1947 mm. most valuable player. Go look up Bob El- Go look up Bob Elliott. Bob Elliott. Yeah. Yes, Bob I feel like Bob Elliott showed up on a list sometime. Very first right? very first third baseman ever to be the MVP in baseball. That's a fun fact. What, what was I'm trying to remember what it was about most, Bob Elliott. Most most uh yeah, I mean he dominated the 40s. Got it. Um yeah, that, that that's always a, a quite a tough period of time. Uh, because there were so much, uh, so many players that left for the war. war and stuff. Yeah, but Bob Elliott, very, very underrated player historically. Very underrated. That's he, my grandfather. Sure- I want you to research him. Okay, is is, is he going to make my book? What do you think? No, he's not going to make the book. But he did. He did hit uh, two home runs off Bob Feller in the nineteen forty eight World Series. Made a bunch of All Star games. Whenever he always comes up as one of the top Braves players of all time. He's he for him, he was on the week. My I have pictures of my mom, my grandmother's little girls with my grandfather. He was one of the Wheaties guys. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. Kind of a big deal back then. It's it's sort of funny how history doesn't do justice to some players, right? Like yeah. Like well, he died early too. That did not help. Didn't help, but like if 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 one of the few sports writers of the day didn't have a crush on you, right? Like you just sort of you just sort of were forgotten. Like he's a classic example of a player who produced. And should be remembered far more than he is. Yeah, he's, he's in the Boston same. Hall of Fame. He's in the San Diego Hall of Fame. He's got I'm stuff in Cooperstown. So I've been there. They've taken us down in the bowels, and they've got they've got his bat and his ball for a career hit number two thousand. They got jerseys, so they got a bunch of stuff there of his. But he's not was never elected in. Well, maybe we can get him on the uh, one of these committees someday. All it takes is a few, right? I need somebody at the Four Letter Network who's got some juice to start looking it up and make a case for me. It's time to get up. Will this be the year that Bob <laughs> Elliott finally is enshrined in Cooperstown? That coming up next with Kyrie Irving. You are right? the best, my friend. Be well. How's the wife doing? She's doing great. We're starting the third trimester, sort of as we speak. She is champing out much more resilient than I would ever be. So I appreciate the well wishes. She is enjoying uh, – well, she's mostly enjoying his dairy products. Like she drinks like uh, – like milk out of the jug now. Like it's just a very uh like and, and eating like ice cream like every night. Like her diet has changed considerably. But look, I think everything like that's off limits. I can't be critical. Right? Oh, with twins. Oh boy. Hey, uh, when we talk, when when when's, when 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 are you expecting? End of September. End of September. Well, we we you may you may have a uh, you gotta have a hey, all kids gotta have an American League team. We may be sending you some. Uh, you might be getting some A swag. Some gear, I'll take a hundred of those. Look, look, anything you send, just send two of them, right? I, we'll buy, I, I know the deal. I know the deal. <laughs> yeah, it, you of all people are qualified to know how many things I'm going to need here. Yes, you're going to so. need a lot. All right, buddy, we'll talk to you soon. Peace. The great Paul Hembikides from ESPN and the morning show Get Up and his podcast and Buster Only's Baseball Tonight. Buster, what happened to every day? Well, Buster, uh, I, while we were on the air, I got the notification. Baseball tonight was done today, because I was on the I was on the pre-core today and I was looking for it and it had last week's Friday's Aaron Judge episode. And I'm like, uh, dur- d- during the interview with Hembo, the great Alex Jensen was texting me. I absolutely love him trashing the Angels. <laughs> Who? Jensen texted me that. Who's that? The the guy that you made. Well, he no, that's Ken Korak's guy. That's his father-in-law. <laughs> that's true. 
That's very Ken true. Ken Korak made Alex Jensen. I, I, Alex Jensen won't even return my text anymore. Filling in for me is below him now. Yeah, by the way, Kawahara is going to join us shortly. He's going back up to the press box at Yankee Stadium. Um, so, Hemba did the name game with you, or the Hall of Fame game with you. I agree with everything you said. I think Arnado's a shoe in. Um, who was, who was That's not doesn't matter. You're, you're supposed to debate me. Well, no, I because I think Rafi. That's Rafa, what makes good. You're, you're supposed I think to be Ra- Skip Bayless. I think Rafi Devers could be a Hall of Famer. I, he's 25 years old, man. I, mean, I know. It's, it's so, see, when, when he said, I'm going to give you a guy that's a little older than a guy that's uh, a guy that's uh, young and then a guy that's not so young. And I was like, so is he going to go with, like, Chris Bryant or Evan Longoria? Is this where it's he's going? It's tough to talk Hall of Fame with a guy who's, I mean, Acuna Jr. He's hurt again. Yeah. Uh, it's not fractured, though. He's hurt again. I mean, these things, you know. It's tough young players to say that he yep, yeah, young player cuz you know no matter what you're going to need longevity unless you're like Sandy Koufax. You're going to need longevity. I mean look look you would have said if I would have if we would have played the Hall of Fame game and I would have said Jacob deGrom, you would have said Shuwin. Oh, you, the way he was going, absolutely. Do you feel like Shuwin now? He can't get on the field. It's July, it's almost July. Has he pitched in a game? No. Rehab game, anything? I don't, I don't think so. Scherzer has, but he—I yeah, don't think he has. What's the line? I'm not a rat. What was he was? What was the double A team he was pitching for? Uh, Bur- was it Birmingham? the Round Ponies or the? So, yeah, I saw it was double A. It wasn't Birmingham. Is that still the? Might have been Birmingham. No, but they their, their nickname. He goes, "I'm not a round pony." Or a ra- <laughs> it was pretty funny. Let's see. Um. I'm trying to see what team he, who it was he pitched for. I, I don't have time to look it up. Go look it up. They're going to have the quote was everywhere in baseball. I'm not a round donkey or pony or whatever their nickname is. Uh, I went to the big leagues. I'm not a rumble pony. Not a rumble <laughs> pony. Yeah, and it was Birmingham. The best one would have been. Hey, listen, I'm not. I'm not an El Paso Chihuahua. It's uh It's the Bing, Binghamton. Yeah, that's who it is. Are the Chihuahuas? The, is that the best one going? Uh, what about the sod poodles? I have never seen a sod poodle. I, I believe that's the the fighting chihuahuas is hilarious. That's El Paso. Who is who? Who's 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 their affiliation? The Armorillo sod uh, sod poodles, which see. is the San. I think it's the Padres. No diamond. It's the Diamondbacks. Uh, that's not that great. Bring up the chihuahua. Who's the chihuahuas? It's in our. It's aviators playing. Uh, the El Paso chihuahuas. That is, yeah, the Chihuahua. Padres. Is that the Padres? Yeah, the Chihuahua's the best. The fighting Chihuahua. Yeah, uh, that one's good. Uh, looks like we have. Looks like we have Matt. Matt, do we have you now? Is this better? Oh, this is far better. I was just saying as we were calling you, I was popping champagne after winning two straight yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there it's it was something that they needed for sure, just like for you know morale purposes and. Um, but I, you know, I still, I, I still think it was a pretty even keel, uh, both seen yesterday. It's just looser. You know what I mean? That's there after the losses, you can still, the losses still wear hard on them. I mean, there, it's not like anybody that you're seeing in the clubhouse is, you know, blowing off losses or anything like that. It's still, it's still wearing hard on, uh, on the team. And, and for that reason, it's been a tough stretch because they've been losing a lot. Um, so I think for, you know, the last two, the last two games after the wins, it's just been, Sort of a more positive, more relaxed vibe. I, I would still describe it that way. Uh, you know, before before the before the the game today. 
Well, the one thing I like about this series, I want your take on it. At least you're going up against a team with the best record, but you're going in with your three best pitchers. Yeah, that's the thing. They, they're, I mean, to, to line up Blackburn, Montas, Irvin, that's about you know, that's about as, as good as they're going to feel. I think coming in, um, it's going to take probably some strong starting pitching too, just uh, because I would say that they're probably a little thin in the bullpen right now. Obviously, you know, with Jimenez down um, and then. Trevino having worked the last two days, including six outs uh, a couple of days ago. I, I would assume that he's down today. Um, so they, they're kind of going mix and match and patchwork stuff at the back end right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to your earlier question, to have Blackburn going tonight, I think it's, it's about as strong a foot as they could start off on, knowing that Frankie's going tomorrow. Yeah, let's do that again. I don't know how, how much people got to hear it, but uh, Blackburn on the road has been good this year. <laughs> Lately, though, the numbers have gone up. Uh, we're talking about a potential all-star game berth for him down in Los Angeles. There's so much around the Yankees right now because they are the best record in baseball. It is New York, so there's so much attention. How how far would a really good start for Paul Blackburn and the Yankees go for the perception on who he is a, as a pitcher now? Yeah, I did. Um, that's, I think that's really well said. I mean, just given how many eyes are on this this Yankees team and, uh, and just the way that their offense is, the lineup that they roll out every day. Um, I think, you know, last season Blackburn did have a pretty strong outing against the Yankees in, uh, in Oakland, but yeah, you mentioned the road record. Um, he's, I think he's five and zero with a 1.00 ERA and eight road starts, something like that. Obviously, you know, he went into Fenway park and, and didn't have a super sharp outing, but he was still able to navigate that lineup and, and keep that. I think he was holding the one run over some like, uh, for having innings, but uh, and then you know the start against uh, Cleveland. I mean, he's he's strong. He's had a couple of good good outings this year or this month. It's just been not as kind of consistently um, consistent as as the first month and a half or so. So yeah, I think this is a good this is a good test for him. Um, this series, obviously, it's going to be. I don't think anybody's assuming that the the A's are going to you know come in and, and shut the Yankees down, but um, uh, who knows? Maybe they're catching them at a good time, coming off kind of the the high of of that Astros series. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see for sure. The one thing that I've noticed is when you guys talk to Mark Kotze after the game, and anybody questions about effort, about the team losing. You can tell it ticks him off. You could just – and Kotze is not great at hiding what he's thinking, and I love that about him. Just talk about the fight that the manager still has, the players, you were mentioning it, they still have that fight. No matter what the record is, you're still getting everything they got. Yeah, I think uh, – I, I want to say it was like a pregame question maybe a week ago somebody just asked him he's still seeing because that has been the theme and the word that he's repeated really throughout the first half of the season is um is fight and i mean the results are what they are and somebody asked him asked him about a week ago if he's still seeing the same fight and yeah he did bristle a little bit and he's been pretty he's been pretty even keeled throughout this whole thing um so to see that i think was as you mentioned it was kind of kind of eye-opening i yeah it's you know it's, it's they've been going through a lot of losing but um the royals Series. I mean, the, the last game, they haven't done a whole lot of when somebody kind of punches them, they punch back. I mean, there, there have been a lot of games where they have 
rallied toward the end, but not been able to finish it. You know, they've kind of, they put, you know, the tying run on base in the eighth and the ninth inning, but they haven't been able to drive them in, that kind of thing. And uh, in that last Royals game, you know, they, they got the two guys on base with two outs. And I think with the seventh, Nick Allen comes through with the, the, the blueby hit. Um, and that was what, that's just something that they haven't done a whole lot of where they're able to kind of finish off the, the comeback, finish off the rally. So, I mean, that's who, and to have the younger guys play a big role in that. Um, Allen with the hit, Pache had a, a couple of important moments in that game. Um, that's encouraging. I mean, that's something that I think ideally for them, those individual players and then the, the players as a group, uh, they can all build on. I mean, one thing that stuck out to me from the Kansas City series was uh, it was after the second game, the first win. Um, I, was just, I went up and talked to Bright a little bit, and uh, he – he said he, was, he and Sheldon Noisy were walking up back the, the back up the tunnel to the clubhouse after the game, and he, he turned to Noisy and he was like, "God, it's so fun to win in the big leagues." Like, <laughs> um, and it's just something that I mean, a lot of these guys are younger, and because of the way the season's going, I mean, it's something that they haven't experienced a whole lot. But I think just the the atmosphere of still you know trying to compete every day, and when they're able to kind of you know, have a couple of wins in a row. I mean, that's something that uh, that's you know eventually the goal, and these guys need to experience it to know what it feels like, and probably have you know that extra motivation to work towards. So, yeah, I, I, that was a good series for them. It'll be interesting again coming in to see how they kind of match up with uh, best team baseball. You know, Seth Brown, last six games, he's hitting 440, two dingers, three doubles. He can play the outfield. He can play first base for you. There's just times where I just scratch my head that Seth Brown is in the lineup because he's struggling, and then there's other times where I go, man, this guy can really play. He's kind of a mystery to me because there's times where you go, power, can hit, can run. I like, I want to see more of him, and like I said, there's other times I'm scratching my head going, why is he in the lineup? Who really is Seth Brown? Yeah, that's a good question because we saw – we saw like half of the season worth there, something like 90 games last year, and he had 20 home runs. Um, he's almost the same number of plate appearances now. He's got 10 home runs, but he has picked it up a lot over the last, like his first 35 games or something, he hit 170 or something like that. And then the last uh, 35 games, he's hit 290. Um, so I was actually, I'm, I've done a little talking with him and with Tommy Evers, the hitting coach, uh, today pregame. One thing that he did kind of in that uh, in that area was, I guess they recognized that his lower half, um, he wasn't being very consistent with the movements in his lower half, trying to set up his swing. So one thing that he did was he eliminated uh, his toe tap. He would ha- he had a toe tap earlier in the year, and, and Tommy Evers, the hitting coach, was like, hey, maybe try getting rid of the toe tap. So Seth has not been using the toe tap lately, and he feels like that's kind of um, given him a little bit more consistency in the movement of his lower body, which allows his upper body to be more consistent. That's the way that it was described today anyway. So... So that's one thing that could be helping out um, with some of the, the uptick in production because, I mean, as you mentioned, like he showed flashes of being uh, you know, potentially a really productive player last year, even though you know, the average wasn't great. Uh, the average isn't great this year, um, but he's, you know, he's striking out a little bit less, marginally less. He's swinging and missing less, even though overall he's swinging at more pitches. So, I mean, that's a good sign. It's, I think he, he said, and this, you can take this, you know, this isn't the most electrifying bit of information but he just, just with more bats he started to feel more comfortable and given that you know halfway through this first half he made a little made some adjustments i think he's still getting comfortable with those so um it's trending in the right 
a good direction for him. He's still struggling against left-handers, so the Yankees have a left uh, lefty going today with Jordan Montgomery. Um, so, I mean, probably the main reason that he's not in the starting lineup, but you can always see him in a, in a pinch hit later. No question. The battle of the curveballs today between Blackburn and Montgomery. Let, let's end on this, though. How about Lou Trevino? The mystery that is Lou Trevino. He's got the great arm. Lou either is dominant or he struggles. There's like no in-between. The last two days in Kansas City, fantastic. Do you think this will springboard Lou back into being the good Lou, Lou Trevino? Uh, I think they could definitely hope for that. I mean, the the first two months were just really, really confounding. It seemed like every time he took the ball, there was just kind of a, um, the potential for things to go off the rails. And it didn't always happen, but it just always seemed like, and, you know, there was, I talked to him in, uh, in Cleveland a few weeks ago and wrote a story just about how some of his kind of um, his peripherals or his metrics or whatever don't really match up with the results. Uh, he, you know, pointed to some bad luck, but bad luck, I feel like, you know, that only goes so far. Um, there was also questions about, you know, pitch execution, being able to get ahead of hitters, being able to put hitters away when he does get ahead of him. Um, but this stuff is still there. I mean, it's still the, the velocity is still there. The movement is still there and similar. Um, so it's not like he's, he's looking like a, a totally different pitcher than he did last year when he was, he was dominant for like three and a half months um, and then just kind of derailed at the end of the year. So I think it, confidence has always been a theme with him. I mean, you ask kind of the coaches about him and they, they talk about, you know, Lou needing to believe in himself and have confidence and, and, you know, back-to-back positive outings like that, um, especially, you know, finishing off that six out save and then coming back the next day. Uh, I, you know, I, didn't know whether he would be about he threw 32 pitches the day before so that's not a ton but to get six thousand to have the up and down thing that's that's not a minor thing but i guess he you know they asked him before the game yesterday are you up and he said yeah i'm good for an inning and they said okay if, if you're if you're good for an inning it'll be the ninth so it sounds like they are giving him chances again with with jimenez out to, to get some of these safe situations and if he can get himself back on track uh with the idea that jimenez is likely going to be back here um at some point they they could really bolster the back end there um with the bullpen having been a lot shakier i guess over the last month or so all right the one trip to new york what's the restaurant or what is the type of food you have to have on this trip oh that's yeah that's a good question i last year was uh last year they had an off day before the series so you just kind of got to wander around and explore um this one is much more of a quick in and out i would say i don't know i go to I kind of gravitate toward bakeries and there's a bunch of them. So you just have to be walking down the street and see one and duck in there. But um, there's a lot of chances for sure. Great stuff, buddy. We appreciate it. Enjoy New York, then Seattle. We'll see you back home. All right. Thanks, honey. Matt Kawahara does a great job covering the A's for the San Francisco Chronicle. What are you doing there, Commander? You go to New York. What do you got to have? I've never been to New York. I've been to Coney Island. I've never been to New York City. Yeah. Sorry. My parents aren't travelers. But I'd have to get a – By the way, everybody – you know what I totally forgot? Dave Cavill was not – he had to cancel. We're hopefully going to get him tomorrow. So I'm I'm assuming people tuned in at 2.30 and went, where's Cavill? Yeah. um, I'm efforting to – we're trying to make it work for tomorrow. So 
Hopefully okay. we'll have him tomorrow. Um, had a, he had a reschedule today. Um, we have a few minutes. I just want you to know I went out of my way to promote that. I had the broadcasters promote it. All for you. Well, you know, life, you. life happens. I just got an idea now that we got Nolan Ryan. Have they done a have they done anything for Mark Langston? At Anaheim? I'm they might have. We should collect random friends of the program stuff. Well, we have two already, at least. What would be the random one? Well, not random, sorry, but like friends of the program. Um Yeah, I like that idea. What what okay. well, Nolan's the only non A. Yeah. Uh Let's see who can, who could we get. I got to fix Bill Walsh, but he doesn't count. Um, who can we get from the Mariners? Um, they're not doing a Tommy Malone bobblehead. Dave this year? Sims? Have they done a Dave yeah. Sims? We'll find out. We're gonna have Dave Sims on this week. Uh, let's see. Astros Blummer. You know you. Oh, gotta get a Blummer thing. <laughs> or Sparksy. Hey, maybe uh, since you're an Ichiro guy, get an Ichiro. I could probably get one of those on Amazon, or eBay, or. Something like that. Um, so, tomorrow, what are we doing tomorrow? I pretty much got everything in today. I want to get more into the. I I got. I've only got through part of the article. Some of these articles. Oh, it was a 16, the Bat Path article. Sixteen pages. I'm it, like, no, it was a sixteen minute read. Yeah, I got it, but I want to get into that because I want. We got to get on one of these hitting guru people. Why are numbers not going up? We'll have to have. Uh, We'll have, have Keenan Long on again. The guy who runs Long Ball Labs. He gave us a T-shirt. Perfect. That that knows that helped Jed Lowry. Perfect. Somebody like that. Why? Why? What's going on? Why? Why do we have all this? This technology and numbers aren't going to other sports. Technology has meant more runs, more points. What? Why are we not seeing a dramatic increase every year? Yeah. Um, we could do that tomorrow. I could share my wedding story. We have to get into the wedding story. It's a good one. It's a. We'll do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal from you right now. It's called a tease. Cody went to a wedding that was called – no, this is the tease. Cody went to a wedding in Texas. It was called off one hour before start time. What happened? Why was it called off? <laughs> Next, right here. So that's what we'll do tomorrow. Okay. Cody uh, went to a – Cody flew all the way to Texas for a wedding, and one hour to kickoff, the game was called. By the way, I wore a bolo tie. Huge hit. The bolo tie was a hit. You're Philip Rivers now? Uh, my, I mean, might as well be. Didn't he invest in a company or something? I think so, but he, the bolo tie was a huge thing for him. I was at a wedding that, well, a wedding that was supposed to happen that didn't happen, had a bunch of people dressed in blue jeans and cowboy hats. I was the only person that had a non-cowboy hat on and not jeans, but I'm the only person that wore a bolo tie. That's my only connection to Texas whatsoever. I don't have cowboy boots. I don't listen to country music. So that, that's what do you do? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't have a lot of fun. Yeah, what do you do? Maybe you need to start wearing a bolo tie. Maybe I, you make it that like like Ken Rosenthal is the bow tie. Bow tie, yeah. Maybe you make the thing the bolo tie. I told. I already told my wife we're going to a wedding next weekend in San Diego. But it's a quick. We're going on Saturday morning, coming home Sunday night. Uh, it's a wedding on the beach. I said I'm taking the bolo tie with me. You should. Hey, Philip Rivers made it famous in San, San Diego. Diego. And then L.A. and then uh, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. I don't know anything about bolo ties. Are they expensive? I got mine on Amazon for $13. So, I mean, you could buy nice ones, but I bought one. That might be your thing. Like, you show up to A's games in a bolo tie. 
No, or do a, do our show in the field in a bolo tie. I mean, they're not uncomfortable. No, no, no. You can adjust them. It's not going to mess like the weather. It's not like a tie where it's like your neck. It's yeah. Um, can you go like a low hanging bolo tie? Well, it's adjustable, so you can if you buy a longer one, you can. Mine was mine was pretty. I'll show you a picture when we're done. And then for like Christmas, I can like get you different bolo ties. Yeah, why not? Uh, by the way, the promo for tomorrow. Uh, Marla Rivera, our good friend from the Yankees. We loved her last year when we had her on in the field. Yankee pregame. And, uh, More Yankees. And the, guy, the guy right here to my right who says he doesn't want to talk Yankees loves talking Yankees. Uh, Doug Glanville tomorrow as well. Do you want to work for the Yankees? Uh, no, but Doug Glanville tomorrow, so that'll be cool. The great Doug Glanville. The professor. Yeah. All right, so that's all we got. That's it? Yeah, we got to go. Wow. Pregame's in four minutes. Oh, I bet they're panicking right now. Uh, Hembo, Hembo is going to be your guest. Oh, I bet they're panicking right now. Where is he? He hasn't connected. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's not going to go in. Vib, where's Vance? Where's Roxy? Can someone fill in? Chris is not here. What's he doing? Uh, Hembo, I, I can't wait for and people. And the band to... is on the field. And the band is on the field. Can't wait for people to hear Hembo screaming and yelling about the Angels. It was so great. That, what, Iglesias running out and throwing the seeds on the field, field is, in the history of baseball, is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Yeah, it was a really cool shot, like the video, but yeah, I agree. Of what? You're throwing sunflower seeds on there. You're a tough well, guy well, throwing they, sunflower seeds? Well, they slowed it down, and they watched, and he watched it all just fly in the air. It was pretty good. Could be the one, the, one of the biggest fake tough guy moments in the history of sports. Agreed. Agreed. Well, Rendon with hitting with the cast was. At least Rendon hit him with his left and was in it. Yeah. This guy's throwing sunflower seeds. Yeah, that's true. All righty, that will do it for A's Cast Live. We'll be back in moments with A's Total Access. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.